one of my all-time favorite movies uh, for many reasons. Uh, the season in life in which I, I watched it and, uh, and otherwise is uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. The movie is about a man who has come to the conclusion that his life no longer matters and so he wants to end his life. And uh, he's given the opportunity to see what his life would have been like or what the world would have been like w- without him. And so by the end of the movie, we, he comes to see, we come to see that his life matters because of the huge impact it has made on other people and how much people care and, and, and love him. And it, it's, it's a beautiful movie, but we need to, we need to be aware of, of something that is lacking. As, as good as it is that our lives matter and that the, the importance of making an impact, it's important that we understand that our lives are not valuable simply because of what we can produce. Our lives don't matter simply because other people say our lives matter. We have an inherent value in the fact that we have been made in the image of God. And God loves us. You and I, everyone that has ever been conceived, has value as a human being because we have been made in the image of God. And God loves every one of us in a unique, powerful way, in a way that is unlike any other thing that He has created. He loves us uniquely and with a superiority. And so it's important that we understand that that all life, all human life has value. We, we've seen some tragedies in our world over the last week. Just this last week, we learned that there had been a shooting that uh, an Islamic terrorist had killed almost 50 people and injured another 50, and that he was killed. Can I tell you that every one of those lives are valued? They are valuable. They are loved by God. Their their value is not because of, of anything other than the fact that they were made in the image of God, and God cared for them. We also we also heard about a tragedy in all places, Disney World where a small child was was eaten by an alligator. And we grieve and we say, how in the world, in the happiest place on earth, can this kind of tragedy happen? Remember, we live on a fallen rock. This is a fallen world. This is a broken place. And this is where death occurs. And, And it's sad. And we know that because that child has value. All of those people who died last week, all people who have ever died and in any circumstance are loved and they are valued because they have been made in the image of God. Every human life matters, no matter where it is, whether it's in the womb or in the nursing home. Every life matters, no matter what color it is. No matter what nationality it is, whether whether they are from Afghanistan or Iran or Iraq or, or, or Brazil or, or the United States, all of them have value. All of their lives matter. All of our lives matter. No matter what we're tempted by. The lives of those who are tempted with same-sex attraction, the lives of those who are tempted uh, with murder and hate and theft and stealing and whatever it is, you fill in the blank, all those lives matter because we're not defined by what we're tempted by. Under the grace of Jesus, we are defined by His love. All lives matter, no matter what they're tempted by and no matter what problems they have whether mental or emotional or physical, all 
human life is made in the image of God and is eternally valued and valuable because of the love of God. We need not look any further than Jesus Christ to understand our value. All we need to do is look at the gospel. We know that God could have abandoned us. We know that God made us to be in harmony with Him. But all of us have sided with sin. All of us, every one of us, have fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, there's brokenness in this world. Our relationship with God is broken. Our relationship within ourselves is broken. Our relationships with other people are broken. That's why there's conflict, divorce, pain, suffering, death. All of this because of sin. God could have abandoned us in our sin. But in Instead, the good news, the gospel is that God became one of us so we could be restored to Him. He made us in His image, but sin has tarnished that image. We can now, though, be remade in Christ if we will repent and believe. Our value never changes. We have eternal value, but we need the grace of Jesus to be redeemed so that we can pursue and recover God's design. Your life Please hear me this morning. I know this is not what you hear in the media. I know this is not what what you you necessarily uh, deduce from Facebook because there's this idea in Facebook world and social media world and in media and TV, your life only matters if you can get a cool picture of it. Your life only matters if it seems superior to someone else's life. Please don't believe that lie anymore. Your life matters because you are loved by God. You have been made in His image. You are valuable. And this value, this this life that matters to God is a life that God wants to be with Him. It's a life that, that God wants to be like Him. Our God is a good Father. Every good Father wants His children with Him and His children to grow up and be like Him. What we see in the two articles we're going to look at today are the, these realities about God. That God wants us to be with Him, and God wants us to be like Him. God has made us eternal, and so we are going to be somewhere for all of eternity. It's important that we understand that. And we have to also understand that our choices in this life matter. What we do with our life matters. God has saved us. God has sought us so that we can be like God. And so our two articles of faith we'll look at this morning speak to that. What we're doing, for those of you who haven't been here, we are walking through our articles of faith. We are studying what it is we uniquely believe. Now, today we're going to look at the 11th and 12th articles. If you are a member and you have not read our articles of faith recently, please do not let another day pass you by. They are on the app. They are on the website. They are there. They are available to you. Please read those. We have two articles we want to look at today. The first one is Article 11 that that speaks of the last things. This speaks of the fact that, that one day God will have his people with him. But understand, all people made in the image of God, all conceived, will be somewhere forever. So we have the doctrine of last things. Let's read this out loud. Read it with me. We believe in the personal and visible return of the Lord Jesus Christ to earth and the establishment of his glorious kingdom. We believe in the resurrection of the body and the final judgment where the redeemed will dwell forever in the presence of the Lord and the unredeemed will spend eternity in hell. In light of what's next, God is calling us to live for him. And so our second article, Article 12, that we'll look at today is, is the article of Christian conduct. God wants us to be like him. And so let's read this out loud together. We believe in the Holy Spirit as 
the third person of the triune God, is the active agent in our sanctification and seeks to produce His fruit in us as our minds are renewed and we are conformed to the image of Christ. Though sin remains a reality, as Christians are led by the Spirit, we grow in the knowledge of the Lord and endeavor to keep His commands. We believe that a Christian is called to do everything to the glory of God, to make disciples of all nations, to pursue love and do good to everyone, to be a faithful steward of all that God has entrusted to him or her, and to obey the Word of God in all matters of faith and life. God's will is that we, as God's redeemed people, be with Him and be like Him. And today our text gives us clarity into what that looks like. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And Leah Jackson is going to come and read for us verses 13 through 23. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word as we look at this these this reality that God wants us to be with Him and God wants us to be like Him. And let's let's get ready to unpack this. So Lee, if you would read our scripture for today. Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as we who call it you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of by perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lee. If you would, go ahead and be seated. Those who are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone are rescued. And we are never so happy than when we are living with God and living as God. And we are never so miserable than when we are separated from God and living unholy lives. I have friends and family, just like I'm sure many of you do, who hate to fly. If you hate to fly, raise your hand. You're not alone. And know that you're the same one. All right? The rest of us are crazy. You're the same one. God did not make a slide. So my friends, I'll say, why are you afraid to fly? Come on, just you just need to fly. And I'll give them the statistics. You're more likely to get in a car accident, right? All that stuff. And they're like, God wanted me to fly. It would give me wings. That what he gave me. Gave me legs. Wants me on earth. And so my friends and family who hate to fly, they're never so happy than when they are where they know God made them to be on the ground. And so it is, children of God, we are never so happy and when we know where we are supposed to be, that we are where we are supposed to be, which is in the hand of God, living obedient life to Jesus Christ. And we are never so miserable than when we are living away from God, when we are 
when we are flying away, when we are lifted away by lies and deceit and wandering from God, we are never so miserable. We know intuitively by the power of the Holy Spirit that God has made us for a purpose. And that, that purpose is God's will. Today, let's look at what that, what that means. This text reveals four things about God's will I want us to see. The first one is this. God's will is that God's people get serious about our eternal destiny. We all have one. And we need to get serious about it. And we get serious about our eternal destiny by, by having uh, two things in terms of our mindset. We have a focus of the mind, and we have a state of mind that is proper, appropriate. Having the right focus of mind. He says, preparing your mind for action. Our mindset is to be action-oriented. And our state of mind is to be sober-minded. Being sober-minded, he said. We are to be serious about the way we think and about our life in faith. There has been a terrible lie perpetrated in the evangelical community now for, for over a century. And here is the lie that many of us have been taught and that many still wrongly believe. And this lie is this. If you will get in on God's deal, that is, believe something about Jesus that is somewhat biblical and say the right prayer, you can live any way you want and you've got fire insurance. I know everyone in this room has probably heard that lie. That, that it doesn't matter how we live. See, so long as we trap God in the deal He made, because He said He would forgive us if we ask Him. So if we just get that forgiveness and we just get in on Jesus' deal, it doesn't matter how we live. We just need to we just need to get Jesus' deal. Then we have fire insurance. Can I tell you that's not true? What is the order of salvation? We talked about it last week. Trust Jesus to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. There are so many who want to drop that last part, to think that salvation is, is just simply a, a, a reception of some kind of deal, some kind of information. No, my friends, no. Salvation is a life. Salvation is to, is to trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. I, I like to think about it uh, this way. I like to think about it in terms of what, what, what love is. Remember what Jesus said? He said this in uh, John chapter 14. We, we read this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's gift. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. To, to be saved by Jesus, you have to trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. And what is Jesus commanded? That we obey Him. So, so a way to, to think about this is, is this. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. And to love Jesus is to obey Jesus. If, if you are not obeying Jesus, it's because you do not love Jesus. And if you do not love Jesus, it's because you do not know Jesus. To know Jesus is to love Him. To know Him as God Almighty made flesh, having lived a holy life, died for your sin, having conquered death through His resurrection, who is alive now, gloriously, with the name that is above every name. To know Him is to love Him. And if you love Him, you will obey Him. So it's important that we understand, if you do not obey Jesus, it's because you don't love Jesus. And if you don't love Jesus, it's because you don't know Jesus. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. To love Jesus is to obey Jesus. If you are not obeying Jesus, 
it is because you do not love Jesus. And if you do not love Jesus, it is because you do not know Jesus. As Christians, we are told to prepare our minds for action and to be sober-minded. We are not simply to have the right beliefs. Do you not know that Satan and all the demons of, the, of hell know sound doctrine? Do you not know that, that Satan and the devil and, and all the demons of hell know theology better than me? Look what it says in James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. The devil and all the demons of hell know sound doctrine, but it does not save them. No, salvation, the order of salvation is this. It's to trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. Salvation is trusting Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. And having got this mindset right, that we focus our mind and have our state of mind, we are commanded here, look what it says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are commanded to live in light of the return of Jesus. This is what this whole year is about. Whenever you see that little icon, what's next? We're not asking you a question. We're making a statement. We know what's next. The restoration. Jesus Christ will return. And after his return, there will be all of eternity. Several years I preached a sermon. And, and in that sermon, some of you will remember this, I had a string. And I had it tied somewhere. I think it was to the piano. And then it went all the way to the back of the room. And I said, I want you to imagine the string, not just going to the end of the room, but on into the sky and on in through space and going for all of eternity. And then on the string about right here, I had a little bead. You guys, some of you remember this? And I gave everyone in the congregation a bead, and I told you to put it on your key ring. What was the importance of it? It was a reminder that the string is reality, and it is eternal. We are made in the image of God. We have an eternal, immortal soul. You and I are going to exist forever. We have time in this life that's the size of that bead in light of all of eternity. And what we do with that bead in light of what Jesus has done will determine all of eternity for us. God's will is that God's people, that we get serious about our eternal destiny. So serious that we have a, a, a mindset that is action-oriented, that is sober-minded, and we are thinking seriously about our eternal destiny, and we are living in light of the coming judgment of Jesus Christ. Second, God's will is that God's people go a holy direction. God is holy. And God died for our sin, and He gave us His life so that, so that we can not only be with Him in heaven, but so that we can be like Him on earth. Now remember what the Word of God says about those who will be in heaven, about those who will see the Lord. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We cannot make ourselves holy. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. We've all sided with the enemy of God. We've sided with darkness. The only way that we will ever see the Lord is if we are made holy. The only way we can be made holy is by the gospel. It's by the power of the gospel. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. And we are given not only forgiveness, but the holiness. That is the righteousness of God. And that holiness is not meant to be something that we just hold in our back pocket and say, well, we got that. That's good. No, no, no. 
No, it is meant to transform who we are so that we live a different life. We are to live like Him on earth. That's why it says, look in the Scripture. It says right here, it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Can I tell you what God's will is? Here's God's will for your life. Be holy. So many of us, when we think about the will of God, we're, we're, we want to compartmentalize it. We want, oh, I need to know God's will about my vocation. I need to know if He wants me to live single or if He wants me to be married. If He wants me to be married, I need to know what's God's will about children. How many do I have? Do I adopt? Is it, do I, we pursue natural? Do I, what do we do here in terms of where we're supposed to live? What kind of car are we supposed to drive? And we many times we want to speak about the, the will of God in those particulars. Friends, it makes no sense to speak of God's particular will for our life if we are not pursuing the general direction for which He has saved us. That direction is to be holy. We need to be headed in a holy direction. It seems like every spring break and fall break, half of our city disappears and reappears somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. Have you noticed that? It's like, you know, there is, and, and I'm not going to argue this, I get it, it's like heaven on earth. I get it, we, we want to get there, but here's what I've noticed. Everyone takes a different path to get there. Now, when, when I say this, when I say that God gives each of us a different path, I'm not talking about the means of salvation. What we read publicly out of John 14 just a moment ago was true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the gospel. The only way that we can be saved is by grace through faith in Christ alone. But having been saved, we are commanded by God to obey Jesus. Because salvation, the order is to trust Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to obey Jesus. And once we know that we are obeying Jesus, we can know we're headed in the right direction. Listen, if you want to go to the Gulf of Mexico, you don't drive 65 north. You go 65 south. You go towards the destination. If you're not going towards the destination, you're going the wrong way. Friends, do you claim Christ is your Savior and heaven is your home? Are you going that direction? Are you living in a holy direction? Can I give you some good news if you are? If you are headed that direction, then all the details that you and we tend to worry about, we don't have to worry about it anymore. I love what Tony Dungy said. Tony Dungy said this in his devotion last week. He says, God will get you where he wants you to go. Isn't that great? It's great. He's like the ultimate dad. The ultimate dad. He gets his kids where he wants to go. It's like parents. Good parents, what do we do? We'll remove everything else to get them going in the right direction, right? You don't need a cell phone to go in the right direction. You don't need a car. You don't need spending money. You don't need time. Sometimes we're not sure we, we you need to breathe, right? So we so we give it back because we're gracious and loving. But what are we saying? We're saying go in this direction. This is what a loving parent does, and this is what our father does. If we're going in the wrong direction, you know what God will do? He'll just oh, oh, I didn't know you were trying to go that way. Wrong. Let me take that job away. Let me take your health away. Oh, let me remove those brands. Oh, let me take away that opportunity. I need you to go in this direction. This is the way Jesus said it. This makes crazy. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What are these things? The things we worry about. If we are headed in the direction of holiness, our God will guide our steps. 
He will remove the places that He wants us to go, and He will open the places where He wants us to go. Are there choices in that? You better believe it. There are those days when you're going to get to choose. And so long as you're headed in the direction of holiness, praise be to God. Understand God's will is that God's people go a holy direction. Third, God's will is that God's people make God-fearing decisions. We've lost, we've lost a right fear of God. And I include myself in this. We're like that child in the news recently who wandered down into the gorilla cage at the Cincinnati Zoo. I know everyone's up in arms about this and about them killing the gorilla and who's to blame, yada, yada. I'm going to tell you, at the heart of this, I'm going to tell you what happened. This child did not fear his parents' discipline. didn't fear it. This child did not fear being out of the grasp of his parents. And this child did not fear being mauled by a gorilla. Can I tell you that many times God's children are very, very similar? We do not fear the discipline of our Father. We do not fear being out of the hand reach of our Father. And we do not fear being mauled by the sin of the lion, the devil, who seeks to devour any he can. Well, God's children, please hear me. We need to fear being disciplined by God. We need to fear getting away from God. We need to fear getting comfortable in disobeying God. We need to fear God's discipline. And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's needs, conduct yourselves with fear. We are to fear the discipline of God. Listen, if we're living in sin, if we're not pursuing the direction of holiness, we should be afraid. We should fear the hand of God. Because if He loves us, He's going to treat us like sons. What does that mean, to be treated as a son? Look what it says in Hebrews 12. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. Let me just remind you of this. Our Father fears nothing. Our God is not afraid of the valley of the shadow of death. He's not afraid of cancer. He's not afraid of depression. He's not afraid of job loss. He's not afraid of conflict of any kind. He has overcome sin and death. He is the resurrection and the life. He fears nothing, and He will take any of us through whatever it takes to discipline us to trust Him. Friends, don't let it get there. Don't let it get there. Fear the discipline of your Father. Fear Him. Fear Him to obey Him. Because our God is not safe. Although He is loving, He is not safe. He is holy. 
and he demands holiness. And with reverent fear, we are to approach him and to live in light of him. And, and as God's children, we, we need to we need to stay near him. We, we don't get away from God. Some of you have gotten away from God. And hear what the word of God says. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile. Listen, our flesh, the world, the devil is always calling into question the goodness of God. What is what happened in the garden? Satan said, did God really say not to eat of this? And he said, oh yeah, don't even touch it, which isn't true. And, and, and what did the devil say? He said, well, he's just trying to keep you from being really happy. God's just trying to hold you back. The, the, the world, the flesh, the devil is always going to be calling into question the goodness of God. And we need to maintain our faith. And we need to, at all costs, stay within the grasp of our Father. Stay in the hand of God. If that child would have just stayed in the grasp of a parent, the child would have been We must always remain with the hand of God firmly in our hand, knowing that it is His hand that holds us. Do not get comfortable being far from God. And do not get get comfortable being lackadaisical with sin. Sin is so serious. We don't take sin serious. Can I tell you how serious sin is? Sin is so serious that the cross is what comes from it. Sin produces death. And death required Christ to come. Sin is the cause of death and brokenness. It's the poison of our world. Destroys everything good. It's the reason why Jesus had to come and die on the cross. If you ever question the seriousness of sin, if you are ever tempted to make some lie or some deceit or some decision that you're making, you want to call it a mistake, you want to call it something less than what it is, sin, look at the cross and remember how serious it is. Friends, do not be like this child in Cincinnati. Fear your father. Fear being out of the grip of his hand. Fear being mauled by the destructiveness of sin. God's will is that God's people make God-fearing decisions. We must fear. Lastly, God's will is that God's people embrace love's pure demand. God expects us to love as He loves. How does God love? Two ways. He loves steadfastly and sacrificially. God's love is an enduring love. It is a steadfast love. It is not circumstantial. Friends, we must love as God loves. Husbands, love your wives steadfastly, not circumstantially. Wives, love your husbands with the love of God steadfastly. Parents, love your children. Children, love your parents. Children of God, love all people. Not not how they how they treat you, not how how they are able to do things for you. Not because they're nice to you, and don't stop loving them when they're not nice to you. Love as God has loved. And how did God love? He loved with a steadfast love, and it was sacrificial. The love of God demanded the death of Jesus. And for us to love, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to die to our pride. We're going to have to die to our right to be right, to hold a grudge. We have to die to that. We have to sacrifice that so a relationship can live, so that we can live in love. 
understand that God has done everything we need. He's given us a new soul. It's a pure soul. Having, been, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth of, for a sincere brotherly love. We've been given a pure heart to love. We love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And we've been given, this is important, we've been given a, been given a new life to love with. It says, since you've been born again, not a perishable seed, but an imperishable to the living and abiding Word of God. God demands so much of us because He's given us so much. God did not give us a better life. God gave us a new life with His love in it. I was recently talking to uh, Mr. Jackson of Jackson's Orchard, and I was asking him about the different things that grow out there. And we were joking about the different things that have not not really gone so well, the things that are going well. He was talking about the peaches. I love their peaches. And we were talking about how the peaches, you know, from the apples. And I said, so you couldn't get peaches to grow on an apple tree? And he thinks I'm crazy anyway. And he just looked at me. He said, well, no, we couldn't garden it. We couldn't make it. You know, no matter what we did, that apple tree was going to produce apples. Here's what we need to understand. No matter how we work, no matter how hard we try, the fruit that we will produce from our sinful heart is sin. We can never produce righteousness. See, in order to produce that kind of fruit, we're going to have to have a new life. And so you know what God did? He planted a new seed in our soil. And He gave us new life. And that new life comes from the gospel, which is love. And when we receive that love and we are saved, it produces the fruit of love. And it comes out of obedience to Jesus. So it is the love of Jesus that enables us to obey Jesus. And that obedience is seen in love. And that's love's pure demand. God demands that we love as He has loved us. We can't do it in our own strength or our own willpower. No, friends, no. We can only do what God commands by the power of God who is alive in us. And that only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. That only happens to those who believe. Let me ask you, do you believe? We sang earlier, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Do you? Good. That must be that you're living in obedience. Because to know Jesus is to love Jesus, is to obey Jesus. Friends, if you're not living in obedience to Jesus today, you need to repent and believe. Some of you for salvation, some of you to return to the hand of God. Some of you have wandered away, and you're not living in fear. And you need to fear the discipline of our Father. You need to fear being mauled by the devil. And you need to fear being outside of the hand of God. You need to go the direction of holiness. So today you need to come and get on your knees and say, God, I've been going the wrong direction. But from this moment on, no more. I'm heading toward heaven. I'm heading toward that holy land. And I'm going to live in holiness and obedience to you. Now, for some of you to do that, you're going to need a miracle. Something to happen within you. Some of you are going to need. Some of you need something physical. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe maybe it's something in a relationship. Listen, you know what you need, and you know that God's provision is there. But understand, it comes by faith. It comes to God. It comes in our lives, saying, "Lord, I'm yours, Father. Bless me." God doesn't bless them. 
you need Christ in your life, you need Christ's power, you need the love of Jesus to guide the direction of your life, you're going to need to repent and believe and ask Him. And that's what this time is for right now. We're going to sing of this wondrous mystery of the love and might of God. And I know some of you need to come today and pray. And I pray that you will. So let's stand together as we pray. Lord, it mystery that has provided redemption, and that redemption enables us to know your love, and that love leads us to obey. But Father, if we easily get deceived, we get caught up in the things of this world and the desires of our flesh. Lord, I pray for some today who need to turn away from an old life and begin a new one. That the seed of the gospel has now gone down, and now, having received this, they are now going to obey you and be saved. Lord, I pray for some of your redeemed children today who have lost sight of your hand. They're not holding you. They're not pursuing you. And they need today for you to, to hear them repent and renew their commitment to you in fear. And God, I know many of your children need some miracles today. Maybe it's reconciliation in a marriage or a friendship. Maybe it's physical healing. Lord, you know the need. Hear those who come to you in Jesus' name as we sing this wondrous mystery. In Jesus' name, amen.